This morning, we're going to uh, get started on a series of sermons. As we think about, as I said last week, we're going to start kind of getting back to uh, some of the basics. We're going to look at various aspects of worship, not in any particular order. We're going to look at uh, why we do what we do here in the Lord's Church and why it looks so different than what many in the denominational world do. Uh, and so as we go through this series of sermons, it's going to probably take the next, uh, next couple months, but it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be good because, I mean, think about it. We're, we're coming out of this pandemic. Uh, yes, I know we've been back uh, here on Sunday mornings for, for a while now. Uh, but I believe because we have so many uh, newer Christians, we have uh, two Christians, uh, two brand new Christians uh, that were baptized yesterday, uh, Alex and Alan. And uh, it is so great to have you added to the, to the Lord's Church. And so we are just absolutely blessed by your presence, not just here, uh, but as having new brothers and sisters in Christ. But as we go through this series of sermons, I want us to uh, look on the screen behind me. And on the screen behind me, we're going to talk about this morning about giving. And I want us to understand that when we think about the topic of giving, I wonder how often we actually consider that the idea of giving is an act of worship. And as we consider our worship, aren't there really several uh, various aspects of worship that are commanded in the, in the Holy Scriptures? And as we look at that and what's commanded in the Holy Scriptures, what do we have? We have prayer. Amen. We got singing, which Chuck just did a wonderful job doing here this morning. We have the Lord's Supper, which we just partook of. We have the giving, which we had just partook of. And I know we have the baskets in the back now, uh, and that we uh, enter into our offering before we walk in. But that's part of our worship service. Uh, we have uh, hearing a message from the Word of God, in which I'm about to do right now, and for the next uh, probably hour and a half. And so as we go through this, I just want you to get comfortable. There are various aspects of Scripture. And as I look at all the various aspects of scriptures, we have certain commands and certain things that, and certain examples that were set by the early church. And these are the aspects of worship that we see. Prayer, singing, Lord's Supper, giving, and hearing a message from the Word of God. But I wonder as Christians, how often do you actually consider your offering an act of worship? Because many times we'll hear different things from the table. Uh, we have this time set aside as a, as, as, as a moment of convenience uh, that we can offer a small portion back unto the Lord. And is that really what we're doing, or is it an act of worship? You see, it's not just something we throw in. This is something that we're commanded as we look at, as we look at Holy Scripture. And as we look at the Holy Scriptures, our worship is directed solely to God. Amen? And this is fitting because God is worthy of our worship. Amen? And why is God worthy of our worship? Well, not only is he our creator, but we know that God's worthiness is based upon his nature. When you think about God and the Father God, you think about uh, Jesus, you think about the Holy Spirit. Father God and God as a whole, his, his superiority uh, or his nature is superior to man in every conceivable way. Amen? He's superior to man in every conceivable way. And when we worship God, we don't just worship God merely because of his greatness, though, compared to us. We also worship God because of his goodness. Who here benefits daily from the blessings of God? Who here benefits daily from all that we have? Because the food that you ate this morning, where did it come from? It came from the, from the fruit of the land. The, the, the offering that we just gave, where did, that, where did the finance, financial resources come from? It comes from the land. 
When we think about all that we have, the homes that we live in, the building that we're, that we're in this morning, all of, the build, all of the supplies that it would take to build this building come from the earth. And who has provided for all the resources of the earth? Creator God. And so we think about God and we think about his goodness and how we benefit from his goodness every day in so many ways. And it makes me think of the first passage of scripture on the screen behind me this morning that comes to us by way of James in chapter 1 and in verse 17. And in James 1 and 17, it says, Every good thing, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from where? From above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or no shifting shadow. For we know that God is good all the time. Amen? How often have we used that phrase and how often do we say that? That God is good all the time. And thus we worship him. But we don't merely worship God because, uh, because he's a benevolent God. Rather, we worship God because of, of the love that we have for God. I look at the next passage of scripture on the screen behind me, and it's very simple. We love because he first loved us. But does, does that make our love insincere? Our love is not insincere because it develops in response to the love that we receive from God. And so how do we properly honor uh, the giver of all things. How do we properly honor and give back to our Lord, uh, to, uh, to our Father, and to our Heavenly Father, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? One way is by returning a portion of what we have been blessed. But oftentimes you'll hear something like, we return a small portion uh, as a way to give back unto the Lord. And yet he has given us everything. And yet we only want to return a small portion, and I know sometimes it's just verbiage that we use, but it's important to understand, do you fully consider that, that giving is an act of worship? And if giving is an act of worship, are we to give our best to God, or are we to just kind of just uh, ho-hum go through it? We sing, but I'm not really, my heart's not really into it. Don't we worship God in spirit and in truth? What does it mean in spirit? It means the proper attitude, the proper mindset. And so we do it according to scripture, and we do it with the proper heart condition. I think about what King Solomon said on Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. And he says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. What do you think it means when we think about what King Solomon had to say there in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9? When he said the first of all your produce. He was saying that we need to give, us, give him our best. The first fruits, the first love. Remember we talked about in the past our first love? Did you give your first love your best? Right? And you were all in. When we give back to God and we give of our first fruits, we are to give our best unto God. And so we are to honor the Lord our God with our wealth and from the first fruit of all of our produce. When we financially give back to God, brethren, we show our appreciation, but we also show our loyalty. We show our allegiance unto God because giving expresses gratitude. Giving back unto God expresses our devotion to God because we know that he has literally blessed us with every conceivable blessing that we have in this life. And as individuals, we must learn to give in the same way that we learn to be faithful in the way that we learn to trust in God, the giver of all things. It makes me think of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 6 and 7. And I know uh, Randy read one of the verses here this morning. We're going to look at this passage several times, or, uh, or a couple different times. We're going to look at verse 6 and 7 now. Later we're going to look at verses 5 through 7 so we can keep it in context. But the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the people of Corinth. Notice what he says. 
Now this I say, he who sows, what does it mean to sow? It means give. If you look on the screen behind me, sowing means giving, reaping means receiving. Now this I say, he who gives, sows sparingly, is also going to receive or reap sparingly. But he who sows or gives bountifully will also receive bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Brethren, as we look at this message this morning, as we think of the act of, uh, this act of worship, the, 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 the process of giving back unto God, although it is easy to recognize the need to give, it's often difficult for many to understand that giving is an act of worship. Because we study many things out in the Bible. But if we were to ask for a raise of hands here this morning, and I'm not, I wonder how many of us have ever actually studied out giving. Have you ever actually studied out giving back unto the Lord? Have you went back into the patriarchal period and looked at how the, those, first, uh, those first human beings were to give back unto the Lord? Have you then transitioned to the law of Moses in the Mosaic period and seen how they were commanded to give back to the Lord? Were they not God's chosen people? And don't we go back as a tutor to study those things out and to learn from them? And now we have the, uh, the Christian era, and we also have commands that we are to give back to the Lord. But I often wonder, if we are honest with ourselves, have you ever studied out why we give, the spirit in which we give, and that the act of giving is an act of worship? I just don't reach into my back pocket and say, i got a couple singles here, and I throw it in. Is that the right spirit? Is that the right mindset? If you go back and you look at Proverbs 3 and 9, honor the Lord with your wealth from your first fruits, from the first of all your produce. Are you giving the Lord your best? Or are you just giving because, well, we're told to give, but I really don't understand why I give, and I don't know how to give, and so I just throw in whatever I have. I can tell you early on in my faith, before I matured in my faith, I never considered what I give to the Lord. I literally showed up to worship, I looked at my wallet, and I almost never carried cash, and whatever little bit was in there, I threw it in the, threw it in the plate. Never gave it really any thoughts. But when we think about giving, it's an act of worship unto God. And so as we consider this this morning... This connection uh, between understanding that giving is an act of worship is absolutely crucial for us as Christians to make. We worship God by giving, and, this, and the act of giving takes place among the other acts of worship that we spoke of this morning. We just observed the Lord's Supper because we remember the sacrifice that he made. We, just, uh, we, we pray unto God regularly. We sing songs, of his, uh, 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 songs or hymns in praise to his great and holy name. And we give a message from his word to teach Christians as we, are to, uh, as we are to learn from the word of God. And we give back unto God here on the first day of the week as we are commanded to do. And so, brethren, our faithful, faithfulness in giving is crucial to the work of this congregation. And why do I say that? Because if you look on the screen behind me, and hopefully you can see that, um, Jim put together this slide for me. And we, I think it was weeks back or ago, somebody used the slide, I can't remember who it was, and we had the slide that was up there, but it just had colored in with different parts of the world where funds from this congregation, as we give back to the Lord, where does that money go? Well, there's things called Walk for Water, Magi, which is, the, if you ever heard of the Magi Project, it's making a godly impact, that's what Magi stands for. Orphan's Lifeline, House to House, Mexican Town Church of Christ, the Strasbourg uh, Church of Christ that's in France. 
Harbor Springs and Roger City Churches of Christ. Oscoda Church of Christ, the Escanaba TV Ministry, India, uh, Indian Missions, Bibles for China, Church of Christ Disaster Relief Center, uh, Eastern European Missions. We have money from this congregation here in Lincoln Park, four or 13 different examples of how money goes out into the world. To do what? To provide for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. To provide for missions and missionaries who are counting on us here at Lincoln Park in order to give of our first fruits. And so, brethren, when we think about this, and I also want us to understand, yes, all this money and money goes to all these things. But you know what it also, also goes to? We have a building right here in Lincoln Park that's almost 100 years old. You think it probably needs some maintenance from time to time? So our contribution goes to this building. It goes to this building because it's 100 years old. And so there's regular maintenance. We have a food pantry. We have members that the elders from time to time, when the need arises, help into individual members of the body of Christ. And so there's many things uh, that, this, that, that our money goes to. Uh, it supports the work and all the work here, uh, spiritually and physically speaking, as, in Lincoln Park, as well as, as well as these other 13 areas around the world. And so brothers and sisters, remember, being faithful in our attendance and faithful in giving shows both our appreciation, but it also shows our commitment unto God. And as we consider our faithfulness in giving, this is not a new concept. I want us to consider Old and New Testament uh, passages. I want us to think about the Old Testament and that requiring our giving and giving back to God goes all the way back to the very first humans. They're way before there was a law of Moses. Thousands of years before there was a law of Moses. Do you ever remember hearing about Cain and Abel? Did they bring an offering unto the Lord? Was one offering accepted and one was rejected? And yet... When you remember the stories of Cain and Abel, the story gives us great insight into God's expectations for us, his creation. We are all God's creation. Every, uh, every human being on this planet is a child of God, whether they know it or not. And so when, when, we, when we look at the sacrifices, this story of Cain and Abel, it tells us about God's expectations. And whether the sacrifices of Cain and, and, Cain and Abel were distinguished by their quality, whether they were distinguished by the intent of their hearts, we also know that the author of Hebrews differentiates the sacrifices of Cain and Abel. And we look at the next passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. What does that say on the screen behind me? Think about this too, that Cain and Abel is also being talked about the writer of Hebrews thousands of years into the future. The writer of Hebrew remembers the story of Cain and Abel, remembers uh, how God had treated that. And what does he write? By faith. Faith is what? Belief, trust, obedience. And so by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, though, uh, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, his gift still speaks. Though he is dead, his offering still speaks. Abel's offering was more excellent because it was offered into God in faith. And so this shows that we must put our trust in God. Amen? And if we put our trust in God, when we give back to God in the weekly offering, that shows our dependence upon a holy and righteous God. I wonder how often when we give back to the Lord on a weekly basis, do we consider our, our reliance, our dependence on God? 
I'm going to give you a few other examples in the New Testament here to show that how when God get, get, when we give back, God expects us to give of our, of our first fruits. He expects us to give the best that we can give. And as we look at this here this morning, when we give our very best to God, dependence is established. We must rely upon God though uh, enough to give more than just from our overflow. I mean, think about joining uh, Cain and uh, thinking about Abel. We also think about the Macedonians. You guys have heard of the Macedonians. Well, if you have ever studied out the Macedonians and you look at this next passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we're going to see a story here where the, the, the people of Macedonia, the churches of Macedonia, were pleading with the Apostle Paul to be able to take part in the giving back unto the saints. And what do we think about that? It's important because if you know anything about that time and that, and that era, the Macedonians were some of the poorest of the Christians. And yet it's, it's going to tell us that they gave liberally. They gave beyond, above and beyond their means. And in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 4, notice what it says. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with, such, with, with, uh, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Brethren, it would not be a mistake to suggest that God requires us to give of our first fruits. God requires us to give of our best. And in the Old Testament, we think about the Old Testament, right? We're past the patriarchal period. We're into the Mosaic period. And what was the command in Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30? That they were to give what? They were to give a, a tithe. But that tithe means they were to give a tenth. And there's really multiple ways that you can look at this in the Old Testament. Because Israel's economy was primarily an agricultural uh, economy, this, 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 this law, this provision affected every family, affected every, it affected all of the Jews. And God demanded liberal giving from his people even during the Old Testament times. And the same holds true for us today in the Christian era. Brothers and sisters, I mentioned the Old Testament because any discussion about giving should also then go back and look at, as we learn from the Old Testament, as it is a tutor that brings us to Christ, how were God's original chosen people called to give? Well, they were called to give a tenth. And you can look at that in one of two ways. Man, God wants me to give 10%? You can look at it that way and say, man, I make $100,000 a year. Yeah, I'm going to give $10,000. Or you can look at it and say, man, God lets me keep 90%. Is there a difference in heart condition? Is there a difference in mindsets? Man, i got to give 10% or man, I get to keep 90%. Isn't it interesting though sometimes, have you ever gone out to, to eat? Don't we have standards on giving? Sometimes we have to make sure, oh, i got to give 20%. 20%, whatever the bill is, i got to give 20%. Every time I go out to eat, 20%. And yet we have those types of standards, but do we have similar types of standards when we give back unto the Lord? Or do we not necessarily think of the fact that as we study out the giving unto the Lord, that we are to give the Lord our best? And these are things that I want us to think about, because I'm here to tell you this morning that when we look at the New Testament, it seems to me when I read various passages of Scripture that the, the, the New Testament challenges us to do more than just give the minimum. You could say, oh, thank goodness, there's not a percentage that, is, that, is, uh, that God gives to New Testament Christians, and there's not. 
That was the Old Testament. We're called to give, not begrudgingly, but God loves a cheerful giver, right? But notice these next few examples. Ask yourself, why are these stories included in the, in, in the New Testament? And the next one is Luke chapter 21. And we see the story of the widow in verses 1 through 4. And Jesus looked up and he saw, this rich, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all out of their surplus put into the offering. Out of their overflow, out of their surplus. But she gave out of her poverty and had, gave, had given all that she had. Why is the reason, what is the reason that that story even graces the pages of Scripture? I wonder if it's to encourage Christians to give of their best. And I think about Acts chapter 2 and verse 44 and 45. And in Acts chapter 2, we see a similar thought process. And all those who had believed, talking about Christians, were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property. They began selling their possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Why do you think that story finds itself in the scriptures, in the beginning of the Lord's church? Do you think they were trying to set an example as how each of those early saints gave liberally? They gave above and beyond? They could have kept those houses. They could have kept those properties. But that's not what it says they did. It says they sold those and they brought it to the church. They brought it and laid it at the disciples' feet. You look at Acts chapter 4 and you look at verse 34 and 35. For there was not a needy person among them. Who's them? Christians. For all who were owners of land and or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet. And they would be distributed to each one as they would have need. I think of the next passage of scripture, 1 John 3, 17 and 18. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in such an individual? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. What does it mean to love in deed and in truth? It means allow your actions to speak for themselves. And not just give lip service, but allow your actions to speak for themselves. I mention these early Christians, brethren, because they gave regularly and they also gave liberally. The generosity of these early Christians is certainly worth imitation. Amen? And as we think about this, brethren, this does not mean that we're obligated to go and sell our homes and sell our properties and to give everything to the poor. I mention these passages, passages of Scripture to show the attitude in which early saints had given. And that the excitement and the attitude in which they had given of their means and given liberally. Like I said, the Macedonians were some of the poorest of the Christians, and yet it says they gave above and beyond their ability to give. And they begged uh, the Apostle Paul to, to participate in the, uh, in the giving to help the, uh, the, the other saints that were in need. And so what is the key here? They didn't covet their possessions. They didn't covet their possessions and their wealth, but they, they put their trust wholly in God. Because does, does God know exactly what we need? Does God provide for our needs each and every day? Because he's the great giver. And as we think about this, I go back to what the Apostle Paul says. But now this time, instead of looking at verse 6 and 7, let's look at verse 5, 6, and 7 now as we keep it in context. 2 Corinthians 9, 5 through 7 says this. 
So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead of you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift, so that the same would be ready and be bount the same would be ready as a bountiful gift. And what does it say? Not affected by covetousness. I wonder why the Apostle Paul found it important to write it in there that the bountiful gift that was previously promised, he sent some saints to go to, to collect that to make sure that it didn't decrease because of covetousness. And then he goes on in verse 6 and 7 like we read earlier. Now this I say, he who gives sparingly will also receive sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. For each one must do as he has purposed in his heart uh, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Brethren, I wonder how often we look at these uh, passages of Scripture. I wonder how often we consider these things. Have you considered what uh, uh, Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 and 21, 19 through 21? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to get ready to show, shut this lesson down. But as I think of this lesson here this morning, this lesson was on the act of worship called giving. And when we give back unto the Lord, do we give back just a small portion or do we give of our first fruits? Do we give back knowing how mightily we have been blessed in every aspect of life? The goal was to encourage us to give like Abel. The goal was to encourage us to be like the widow of Luke chapter 21. The goal was to encourage us to be like the saints, the early saints in the Christian church in Acts, in Acts chapters 2 and Acts chapter 4. To give liberally, knowing that our trust is in God to provide for our, our daily needs. Not to just give a portion of our overflow, but to give of our first fruits. To give the best that we could give unto the Lord. Remembering that this world is not our home and that we are to seek first the kingdom of God. Brethren, put your trust in our Heavenly Father who provides for all of our needs each and every day. Brethren, as I, before I close this lesson down, I want you to look at the board over here to my right. The budget that you see on the board, it provides for all those various mission, uh, mission points and missionaries uh, that we spoke of earlier. It provides for the work of the, the immediate work here at Lincoln Park, but those other 13 locations around the world. And as we look at the, the board here this morning, I point it out because uh, there's been a little bit of a trend. And the elders have asked me to, uh, to, to address the congregation. Because as we look at that, if you go back over the last, uh, fifth, if you go back over the last five months, 14 out of the 20 weeks, we've been below budget. Just this past month alone, we're $3,000 below budget. And as we think about giving, as we think about uh, the, the budget, and you think about that, and that's why they post it on the board weekly, so we can see where we stand. I want us to fully understand where that money goes. It goes to support all the missions. Sure, it goes to support your minister. It goes to support this building that's 100 years old and needs regular maintenance. And so I want us to encourage each of us to just spend some time uh, in prayer and spend some time in thought to evaluate how we give and the spirit in which we give. And to ask ourselves if there's a chance that we could just do a little bit more. A little bit more in order to, to hit the budget each and every week. 
in order to continue the work of those 13 mission points and missionaries as they count on those checks that come in uh, from around the world to support them. Because in my Bible study this morning, we talked about the cost of discipleship. And we talked about how uh, God provides for, the, uh, provides for us providentially. And when we think about God's providential care and that these men and these women, they leave, their, they leave their homes, they leave their friends, they leave their families, and they go to these, all these different parts of the world in order to do what? To further the kingdom of God. Guess who, they're support, guess who they're relying on for their support? You and me and other congregations like us. But if you haven't noticed, in recent years, are there more and more churches that are closing their doors? Are their funds becoming harder and harder to come by? Brethren, I want us to make sure that we understand that our support helps to spread the word of God around the world. It's not just in this congregation. It spreads the word of God around the world. And we live in a society, do we not, where our faith and our beliefs, are they not considered hostile now to society? The current teachings, the current worldly teachings of culture and society in America... Are not the beliefs of Christians often considered hostile to their teachings and their woke doctrine? Brothers and sisters, as many congregations have had to close their doors in many recent years, I'm asking, and the elders are asking, if we could consider doing more. If we could consider doing more to further the cause of the kingdom of God. Because I simply will leave you with this. If not us, who? If not us, who? And so that's the message that I have for you this morning. It's a message about giving of our first fruits. It's a message to consider uh, and evaluate how we give and asking ourselves if we can give more unto the Lord, which then the elders use to do what? To support all the various ministries and mission points that we have. Brethren, if you're hearing this uh, message this morning and you have questions afterwards, talk with myself, talk with the elders. Let us know what questions you have. And we'll love to answer those questions for you. If you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, and you, your desire is to become a child of God, you could do that here today. And as we think about uh, some of us who may have been here uh, or haven't been here for a while, and we're wanting to rededicate ourselves to the Lord, we're wishing to become restored to the Lord and His church, we could do that for you as well. If you have problems in your life like many of us do and you need the prayers of the church, come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation.